everyone. I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is episode 16 of season 2. Still in Colorado. And no end date in sight. The weather's been so beautiful, it's kind of hard to decide to leave. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, the last couple we were talking about, we're going to be on our way. We should probably not even do that, since we never know where we're going to be the next week. <laughs> There's some benefits to just going wherever the wind blows, I guess. A nomad's plans are writ in sand, and oh, the wind doth blow. <laughs> That was way too deep for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you know who wrote that? I don't. I like it. I do too. That's why I memorized it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So this is going to be really cool because we've been asking our followers. We're, we're still small, but we've been asking our followers to send us questions and engage with us. And we got a question from someone. We did. And it's for you, Manny. Are you excited? I am. I didn't even tell you what it is. Did no, I? I am excited. You told me <laughs> well. You told me that that I got a question, and then, but we don't like to prepare. So you said we're going to start recording, and here we go. All right, let's let's hear it. So the question is, what qualities make for a good dominant, and how do I know if I'm a dom? TikTok, Manny. <laughs> That's the. I mean, they're they're good questions and they're fair questions. Mm-hmm. They're written together as part of one question, but they're not. They're two separate questions. Okay. So, what qualities make up a good dom, and how do you know if you're a dom? Mm-hmm. Which one do we start with? Well, let's start with what makes the qualities. Because there's a lot of people who desire this role for the reasons of having control over some person. So, is that where you start? Is that a good quality? Sure, why not? It can be. I guess wanting to have control... Isn't good or bad. It depends entirely on your motives and your ability to execute what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. If your motives are bad, it's not a good quality. If your motives are good, it may be a good quality. But if you overestimate your abilities and do more harm than good, all the good intentions in the world don't add up to much. Mm. There, how about that for a (laughs) non-answer? So, so being a person who likes control in and of itself does not make one dominant. It, no, I think it does make one dominant. It does not make you a dominant who makes for a good sexual or play partner hmm, okay. automatically. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone like saying that someone's a dom doesn't mean they're good or bad. Even that word doesn't mean anything. Right. As far as judging the quality of the character or the person or the experience you're going to have. Mm-hmm. So, just being that way doesn't imply any morality or ethics. Right. None of this does, actually. I think a lot of people in my vanilla life would expect that I'm a dominant 
because I tend to be very detail-oriented. I tend to be a driving force around my family. I tend to be one who, who commands respect in my family. Uh, but I'm not that way with you at all. <laughs> no, and we always go back to this, is that you can be in that role just in the bedroom. You can be in that role in the real world. You can be in that role in both. Mm-hmm. And all of them are, are valid as, as far as what you are. If if you're that way in and out of the bedroom, that I think is more akin to probably who you are. If you're in the bedroom, you're it's it's a little bit more of a role play, but it doesn't make it any less valid. The needs to be dominant, and the needs you're trying to meet are still there. Mm-hmm. Whether the need is just sexual gratification and pleasure, or a need to feel in control when you don't necessarily have that control in other parts of your life. But being able to be in control for some period of time is, it's a very, it's a healthy thing. I mean, it can be, um, but there's also people who are very much in control during their regular life and that is who they are, Mm -hmm. but they aren't that way sexually. So it isn't that they aren't really that way. And, and let me back up. I think I probably misspoke. If someone just likes to be in control in the bedroom or submissive in the bedroom, it doesn't mean that's not who you are. It's not that you're just playing a game. That could be who you are sexually mm-hmm. and be very real. It's not, it's not make-believe. If that's who you are in the bedroom, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. So a person that's that way in the real world that doesn't choose to be or chooses to be the opposite in the bedroom, it's not that that's not who they really are. It is who they are in the real world. They deal with it by switching roles in the bedroom. The One of the cliche examples is when you see the professional dominatrix with the man on all fours on a, with a dog collar, collar licking her boots. And, oh, that's the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Mm-hmm. Well, that person is not faking dominance at his job. Mm-hmm. That is who they are. That is who he or she is Mm -hmm. and they need relief from that so they choose to let go when they get into the bedroom do you think that's more common than not let me well I'll, I'll explain it's also not uncommon for somebody who is maybe doesn't have control other other areas of their life who want to go into the bedroom and be in control and be dominant. Mm-hmm. They want to have some amount of power or authority or respect, negotiated protocol that lends itself to respect. Mm-hmm. You also have people that are the opposite, that are in control or over their daily life. It could be the CEO of the company. It could simply be somebody who has to manage four kids. Right. With their stay-at-home parent job. And because they have to be in control and in charge all the time, at the end of the day, they just want to let go. So it doesn't have to be a CEO. It could be any position of doing this. Higher ex- responsibility. Exa- right. This exhausting role that you mm-hmm. want to just let go. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more common that, or do you think it's more common that somebody is in control of their daily life and then also wants to be in control over the bedroom. 
And before you answer, I would say it, it is not uncommon for someone who is submissive in daily life who also likes to be submissive in the bedroom. I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who just is meek or someone who just is a, a follower, someone who's just, that's who they are. That's not that uncommon. But do you think it's uncommon for somebody to be in control over life, dominant alpha in life, and in the bedroom? I think that the ones that are consistent are the subsets. So when there's somebody who's in control in and out of the bedroom, that's a minority. And also the ones that are submissive in and out of the bedroom, that's a minority. Do you think that's also a minority? I think it is. That it's submissive in both? Really? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think in from the submissive side, there aren't very many people who feel powerless that enjoy it. They want to act out okay, in a that way makes, that that makes sense. That makes them have some sort of control over something, and I and I think that that's how it would be expressed if they're able to. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I, I wonder what the the data is. I mean, I've what you're saying makes sense mm-hmm. in my experience. Submissive people alive and submissive in the bedroom is yeah. more common. I think that's also why switches are more common in the current era. Like, it's just a matter of people play both sides because... Different needs. Different needs, different days, different responsibilities, different partners. Like, it's just... There's more variation to what they need. Right. So, the answer to the question, as far as what qualities make mm-hmm. a person dominant. The mere fact that you want control is dominant. So that one's really easy. Mm-hmm. Again, none of that means that you're in, you're any good at it or that people want to play with you or that you make anyone else happy or yourself. But that's all it takes as an entry level is the desire to, to be in control. Okay. But what types of person, what types of people are good at that? Mm-hmm. And what qualities? I think I think some of it may be what you aren't as opposed to what you are. Hmm. For example, wanting to be in control and being controlling aren't the same thing. Right. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. You know, the the arbitrary need to control things around you mm-hmm. without any purpose or need. It's just something you need to have happen. I think about the person that gets frustrated, uh, frustrated in traffic. Mm-hmm. They're frustrated in part because of a lack of control. They, That's someone who's controlling. Mm-hmm. Or someone that's not controlling doesn't isn't going to be affected by traffic. You're, so you're in the car longer. Listen to a TED Talk, whatever. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's the controlling nature that makes you want to, like, stop that person from going slow in your lane. Mm-hmm. I think being dominant is is successfully means not being domineering. Mm-hmm. And 
I may get this definition wrong, but what I consider domineering is somebody who needs to be in control more than necessary. It's probably not what the definition is, but I think someone domineering is somebody who's just constantly on, on top of a person. You know, I think about the spouse who has to ask permission for everything. Mm-hmm. Not the spouse in a DS negotiated relationship where they have areas of control, which could even include everything. It's not necessarily domineering because you have to ask permission for everything if that's the dynamic you've established. But that's often a dynamic you see in vanilla relationships. Mm-hmm with a domineering partner who needs to be in control. Where were you? What were you doing? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? Right. You, you're going to go out with your friends? Where are you going? Why them? Did you invite? Why did you invite that person? You told me last week, you know, like there's this level of micromanaging. Micromanaging is, do, is domineering. Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason that that is not a... A healthy expression of that quality is because of the source of of the reason why they need to know all of that. They like need it's to... rooted in insecurity, selfishness, jealousy. Well, it's also a lack of control over their life. That they need to control things that that shouldn't matter to them. A, a, a good dominant wants to be in control of specific things because they've objectively concluded that they're either better at that thing than their partner or that it turns them on. It's, it's a sexual thing or that it would be good for their partner because their partner has things about them that they can help with, or it's going to lead to less arguments or it's going to lead to better, a better financial future. But that's not domineering. That's not controlling. Mm -hmm. If, if you, want to control those things that you have a reason for. For example, why do you want to know where, why this is happening? And and the person could answer, well, because in the past, when this happened, this problem occurred and I want to avoid this problem because I know a better solution. And like, if if you can justify it with a reason, that's not controlling or domineering. I don't think, Mm -hmm. at least not my definition. Whereas if you, Like, if you don't have an answer, like, why did you put the vacuum cleaner in that closet? It goes in the other closet. Well, well, and you ask them why it needs to be there. Well, because that's where it goes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's just controlling. There's not a purpose to that. Mm -hmm. It's not controlling if you say, well, because I need, because I'm buying something tomorrow and I need that space available. And plus I asked you to leave that space free for me. Like, if you have a reason for it, it's not controlling. Mm -hmm. If it's arbitrary then it is. Um, I actually remember, you know, it's a, it's a real extreme example, but um, my mom, mm-hmm. who had real control issues, um, if, if you needed to write down a shopping list and she said, oh, well, grab, grab a, there's a pen in my purse, and you went over there and you opened up the purse and you saw a pen and you saw a pencil next to it, and you just, you didn't think, you just grabbed the pencil, she would ask, well, wait, why are you using a pencil? I thought I told you to grab a pen. 
and you just your skin crawls because why does that matter? There's no reason other than she wanted you to use the pen for no reason other than <laughs> she wanted you to. Mm-hmm. Those are qualities that someone could exhibit and be considered dominant. Right. But that doesn't make for a good, the question was what makes a good dominant. Mm-hmm. Those don't, those aren't qualities to make for a good dominant. So a good dominant, good dom is somebody who has reasons for what they do, mm-hmm. can communicate those ideas with their partner during negotiation, whether it be because it's going to be for a scene or it's going to be in a relationship or because you're, well, it doesn't matter the reason. It's just that you can communicate those and then objectively conclude that it's either the right or wrong decision and be willing to let go of that control if you don't feel, uh, you know, if there's a good reason not to have control and truly just let it go. It's about it being calculated. Mm-hmm. It's got to be on purpose. A good dom does everything on purpose. There's no, there's nothing or very little that happens by accident. Mm-hmm. Right? That is being in control. That's not controlling. Being in so... Control. In the process of my search for a dominant, I interviewed with and considered a lot of people. And one of the things that came up often is when I expressed an idea that didn't go along with what they thought was their idea of what my role should be. And I told them, no, I didn't want to do that. And they had a problem with it, didn't they? Yeah. So a good quality for a good dom is to be able to take no for an answer sometimes. Well, when we were negotiating, we had this checklist, this really long checklist of all the things that we were discussing if I would be in control over or if you would, or if neither of us would. Mm-hmm. And I would say the majority of them, the vast majority of them, my response was, why would I want to be in control over that? Mm-hmm. I don't need to control that. And, well, let me ask you, have have any of those things, have I ever come across like I wanted you to do something a certain way just because? No. No. I mean, those those areas didn't matter to me. But the ones I did care about... Okay, let's sit down. We're going to dig into this one. I need to control this. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Right. And sometimes you agreed, and, and when you didn't agree, we we negotiated that. Mm-hmm. But again, very calculated. There's no off-the-cuff, I just want to micromanage you. I mean, nobody likes that. Not nobody. There's people that want to give total control in every area. Mm-hmm. But most people find that exhausting. Most doms would find that exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you what do you refer to it as? Like in the military, like if you're at attention all day, right, and the drill sergeant's having to be on top of you, I mean that's not a, neither person can sustain that. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to be at ease a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but you also have to snap to attention when asked because that's what's been negotiated, right? Metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I tell you to stand up, you do have to stand up. <laughs> but I can't remember the last time I told you. Well, you made me kneel down earlier today, but that's a different... Yeah, it's because remember what you... <laughs> that's because you were getting lippy, and I was... Remember? Mm-hmm. Maybe we have 
love to have a podcast about rules and punishments. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> so those are some of the qualities. And I, I think to be a, a good dom, you have to have good intentions. You know, what are your intentions? Are, are you, do you want to make the person better for having known you and knowing that experience? Do you want the relationship to be better? Those are valid reasons. Um, do you want to make yourself happy? Well, that's also a valid reason mm-hmm. to do what pleases you. But it has to be in the context of a s- scenario, a relationship, a person where you being happy either is something that they want to do that makes them happy, whether it's doing a sexual act or giving up control over an area that gives them anxiety, or they have to have some satisfaction that comes from from pleasing, mm-hmm. or they get something out of obeying, or they get something out of, but, but there has to be something that, that that person gets out of. Mm-hmm. Or they've even, maybe even not even that, maybe they've simply agreed to those areas of giving you control, because they're not harmed by it, that's also acceptable. But it has to be in the context of something that's ultimately positive. Yeah, I think the intention's a big one. A dominant that doesn't have their submissive's best interests at heart is not going to do a good job. Like, inevitably, if all you do is break your toy you're not going to have very much fun after a while. Right. You have to do put the work into make sure that they want to keep playing with you. So sometimes you have to patch it up a little bit or, you know, fix something that gets broken when you, when you play. Right. So I think that it's important for me as a dominant to acknowledge my failings, acknowledge when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have to be part of a DS relationship. It can be agreed upon that... that the, the dom, dom is always right. It's <laughs> always right, which is perfectly acceptable if that's what you've agreed on. Mm-hmm. But that's a very specific dynamic, negotiated dynamic, with somebody who wants to also be in that role, which isn't everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people in Hollywood might think that's the way it works. Right. Um, but I like to exhibit strength. I like to give you shows of strength all the time. So what does that look like? Admitting I'm wrong. Hmm. Showing that I can be weak and self-assessing. Mm-hmm. Not admitting I'm wrong just because you said so. Although I can't recall the last time you said I was wrong. You just allowed me to conclude it myself generally, right? Yeah, you, you usually beat me to it anyway, so... But I find that as a sign yeah. of strength. I think that every time every time I self-assess my own failings, mm-hmm. I think that you think I'm even stronger than I was before I did that. Yeah. But you also have a personality that recognizes that as a sign of strength. There would be other submissives who would view that as a sign of weakness. And that's not what they want. And that's not what they're looking for. So th- that dynamic would not be for everybody. Well, in in the idea that you're going to the dominant's going to be the one that's going to help build up the self-esteem of a submissive or like I said like repair the toy when it gets broken like you kind of have to have those qualities yourself so you have to be someone who is self-aware emotionally 
you know, being able to understand how you affect people and be able to communicate those things so that you can communicate that effectively for the submissive as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you've given me, because, well, I insisted upon it, but we negotiated, mm-hmm. was that I made a promise to you. That if I was in control over these specific areas of our relationship, that our relationship would not fail. Do you remember that? Right. And I asked you to trust me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm in control over making our relationship succeed. You're also equally responsible for playing your role, too. Mm-hmm. But I laid the groundwork and I said, my commitment to you is that if I get these things that I'm looking for, I will give you what you are looking for. And you said, well, these are the things I want. And I said, I can give you every one of those things that you want. And I will give you every one of those things that you want as long as we're in this relationship. You will get everything you want in this world, right? Yep. But I need these other things to happen. It has to be this way. Mm-hmm. I won't. You're not required to do these things. I just won't be in a relationship with you if you won't. Right. I require, if I'm going to be, because I was wide open to never having a committed relationship ever. I was traveling just then. I don't, didn't, didn't, no one's required to jump on board and mm-hmm. follow this th- this path that I've laid out, right. that I've constructed. I've concluded that if someone does follow this path, that we will succeed. Right? Yep. And that's a desire to be in control. But it's not controlling. Uh, Most areas of our life, if somebody didn't know about our dynamic and was a fly on the wall, they would see very little of the DS part of our relationship. Would you agree? Right, because it doesn't look like, what you know, crawling, what Hollywood makes it look like. Now, now I say that. There would be moments where they'd go, what the fuck just happened there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's moments like the fact that I'm going to be sexual with you multiple, many times throughout the day. And um, certainly if they saw us in the bedroom, they would... They would, there's no question. There's no. There, there's no right? question that's happening. Yeah. But throughout a lot, of, a lot of our day, it's. You know. They would probably view it as. They would probably view our dynamic, take the the sexual part out, either in the bedroom or just throughout the day, as he wears the pants in this family. Mm-hmm. Which in 2020, if if you were the dominant and you wore the pants in this family, nobody would find weird. They would probably find weird because <laughs> I'm a man mm-hmm. that I'm wearing the pants in the family, but I do. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yes. You you are not attracted to the male feminist. <laughs> no. <laughs> I yeah. That's doesn't do it for you. It doesn't do it for me, right? So that's what a dominant looks like in our relationship. And so to do this, I had to identify what I wanted, Mm -hmm. what I needed out of a relationship, 
and be very clear that I needed someone that fell in line with this. And it's nothing wrong with anybody that doesn't. I mean, most people aren't a good match for most people. Mm-hmm. I don't find fault with anybody who doesn't line up with, with this at all. But they're not going to travel around the country with me. And it's really, you know, well, let's just give some examples. Okay. In my past relationships, the thing that I decided that I was never going to have again is that because I'm a very sexual person, I did not want a non-sexual relationship. Now, when I say non-sexual, having sex once a night before you go to bed at night is a fairly non-sexual relationship to me. It's a non-sexual relationship where you have sex once a night. But it's not a sexual relationship. Right. A sexual relationship is one where sex just permeates every conversation, every scenario, every interaction. Whether it be sex multiple times a day, touching multiple times a day. I did not want that. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted, what I insisted on, was that I had a partner that would always be willing to be sexual with me when I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And if you present this to mainstream America, no, that's not an acceptable part of a traditional relationship. They both have a right to have sex when you want, to say no when you want. No one's under any obligation to please their partner just because they're horny. Right? No, I mean no, in the real world that's that what I'm what I'm expressing is not something that is is not something where I believe that is the way couples should be. Mm-hmm. That is the way I should be and my my partner should be. So I wanted a partner that I never had to worry are we going to have sex later? Oh my or oh my god, I'm horny like I are we going to play later and then next thing you know I'm, I'm like, I've been in positions where I, I would be, like, hinting at it because I wanted to get a firm confirmation. Because as soon as they said, oh, my God, I can't wait till we get home to fuck you. Oh, then I could put it out of my mind and enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But instead, I'd be at the movie wondering what was going to happen that night. And, I mean, it just it sucked. For me, it was a horrible place to be in. I want sex with my partner. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very frustrated because I would never... Like, I would never not give sex to my partner. If I wasn't horny or I wasn't um, wasn't able to for some reason, then I'm going to play with them. I'm going to, I'm going to do sexual things with them. Mm-hmm. If I was dying of the flu, well, then I'm going to lie next to them in bed while they masturbate. But they're going to get sex, sex and sexual things anytime. I would never tell them no. For, but for some reason, I, I was with partners who I somehow was okay with them not mm-hmm. re- reciprocating that. And that wasn't fair. Well, it wasn't unfair. It was, it was unfair to do to myself to choose a relationship where I was in that position. Mm-hmm. So I insisted that I would be with somebody that sex would happen anytime, anyplace, or sexual things. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Now that worked out perfect for you. Because, <laughs> because I'm a dirty-minded little girl. <laughs> yeah, you never not want it. Right. So there's never, you never have to do it. You're always happy when we do it. Mm-hmm. You've never once been like, well, we agreed, I'll do it for you. Right. 
So again, I'm not asking a person to do something that they don't want to do. That I don't want anyway, No, right? I just, I, it started, like, where I started this was I started by identifying that I wanted this and I was going to find someone that would give that to me. Mm-hmm. And if you, that wasn't who you were, that's perfectly okay. You're just not a match for me. Mm-hmm. So I had to identify this. Mm-hmm. I... I needed somebody. This was another area of control. I run my own business. Yeah. I've always had problems with giving in to what my partner thinks that we should do with my business. Because I love them and respect them and we're an equal partnership and I want to validate the way they feel. And I'm not always right. Sometimes they have different ideas to turn out to be right. But ultimately, I know my business better than my partner. And... I didn't want to automatically have to yield simply because if I didn't yield on an idea or a direction my partner wanted to go with my business, if I didn't yield on that, they're going to get hurt, they're going to get resentful, they're going to feel disregarded, they're going to feel they're going to feel shitty over it. Mm-hmm. Which makes no sense because I know my business better than them. Right. So I wanted I decided Number one, I wouldn't want to be in any type of relationship with somebody that wasn't intelligent enough to give me ideas and suggestions and directions and to be clever. Like, I mean, I I completely am open and respect all the ideas that you have. And many ideas that you have, we do, Mm -hmm. right? But ultimately, when I say that's not what we're doing, I need a partner who accepts that without resentment or without ill feelings. And they just have to be able to yield to the fact that I know my business better than they do. Mm-hmm. That their suggestion may be right and mine's wrong. But my suggestion will be right a higher percentage than theirs. Just like their suggestion about how to do something that they're an expert in would be more likely to be right than mine. I mean, it's, it's just not brain surgery. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert at what I do. You're a very smart person who can contribute, but I'm still the expert. Right. So I had to identify that I wanted somebody. I didn't, let me back up, I did, I, that I did not want somebody who simply was not bright enough to give me any ideas or good suggestions. I want someone who's smart and has a wisdom and is creative. But ultimately, I needed to be able to be in control over that aspect of my life to the point where when I say, I heard what you have to say. We're not doing it. We're doing it this way. That they were okay with it. It was an area I had to have control over. Right? That was it. Mm-hmm. This is not... There's nothing controlling about this. It's, it's a rational decision. So, I mean, there's just areas of life where I'm just in control over. And then, of course, sexually... what makes a good dom I think they're a lot of the same things Mm -hmm. they just translate to the bedroom intent communication negotiation Mm -hmm. self-assessment learning paying attention being aware of what you do making your partner feel good but also not neglecting what you want and sometimes what you want trumps what they want if that's what if you've agreed that 
in the bedroom, you are the person who comes first, then you come first. That's perfect. Plenty of submissives find value in giving that. Mm-hmm. Again, in a traditional mainstream relationship, this would seem very unequal or unfair. But it's not unfair if one person enjoys something that the other person happens to enjoy them doing, and then and then it's simply just a good fit. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And so knowing what you want. What other things do you think make up a good... So let, well, let me ask you. So those i just been talking. I guess you said the question was more for me. Yeah, it is. So let me ask you. So you found, you said, that many of the, the doms that you interviewed, which for those of you who aren't in this world, that's dating. <laughs> You're right. You're going out yeah. on some dates and, you know, you may you may even play with some of them to see. But they didn't have the qualities they could top you in the bedroom they had certain skills mm-hmm. but they weren't in control in a way that you needed them to be or the real world what, what was different about me like why was i or how was i different than them we're asking about what qualities make up a good dom what, what was it about me well it's hard to, it's a, such an individual thing when you're talking about qualities because people have, like, there's so many different things you have to look at when you're looking for a specific kind of partner. So, like, in the in the fact that I wasn't even really looking for a primary at the point when we met, uh, that's, it, it's what was different about you was that you made me want one. Like, made me want you. And that wasn't... <laughs> it wasn't on my radar. <laughs> but what... <laughs> See, so I made you want me. Mm-hmm. But why? I mean, why... What dominant qualities made me different than others? It was just the way that you the way that you are it was your whole package it was the way that you talked to me it was the way that I felt secure when we were communicating and negotiating the way that I trusted that you would do what you said and not take advantage of things or you know like it was just it was just the right thing for me. That's, I don't know. Specifically, if there was one thing that stood out or... Well, you've mentioned some things. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw some things out. Okay. And you could expand upon them. You said that you thought that I was in control of life. Mm-hmm. That outside the relationship of the bedroom, that I was just in control. I just... My world worked. Yeah. That's that's very true. Like, navigating dinner reservations wasn't, wasn't an issue. And when things went a little bit off track, it still wasn't an issue. Because you had, like, it seemed like you already knew the backup plan for the backup plan. You know, like, you had thought it out. 
And I think a lot of people who try to be in control will start down the path, but then if things... It breaks. Yeah, it breaks down at some point. And Well, that's when they need to... That's when somebody with control issues squeezes tighter. Mm-hmm. And that... <clears throat> that's what I've seen. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's... I, I get that. You said that the universe bent to my will. Yeah. Now, that's not some metaphysical, mystical... This isn't the secret... <laughs> We're not talking about anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you said things just always seem to work out for me. Yeah, it does. But I told you whenever that happened, whenever you thought that things were working out for me, I said, here's why. I, I'm making them work out for me. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've put myself in a position where this, these things are happening. People in my business world are very good to me. Mm-hmm. But then I've explained that I've cultivated these relationships for years. Like I've put myself in a position where people will be good to me. Right. And good to my business. Right. And that's a, that's <clears throat> a way that people who are not truly dominant, like as, like you, you, everybody knows that guy at work that's just all ego and all talk. And then, you know, as soon as he walks away, everybody's like, geez, that guy. You know, like, he thinks he's got the world on a string, and and he really doesn't. He Like, everybody's just tolerating him. And that's not real dominance. That's just some show of arrogance, and it's not the same thing. Well, it's a house of cards, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, being a good dom means that you are... It's not a facade. Right. It, it's who you are. I mean, if things always seem to go wrong for you, you're probably not a good Tom. Because and that's not saying that people can't have a rough patch. No, like, no, 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 no. I, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about somebody, the person that can never catch a break. Mm-hmm. And every time things are going good, something always, it always falls apart. Mm-hmm. Like that person, it, it falls apart for a reason. Mm-hmm. Not one time. But if that's the pattern, right? I I have days when things don't work out. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. But the next day will. Mm-hmm. And that's the you know what's what's normal. Yeah. And then what about dominant in the bedroom? The the quality that makes you more dominant in the bedroom. Because is that what you're asking? Yeah, because you don't submit to everybody. Well. You'll let, My, some, you'll let people talk to you let if, if that's talk. your intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't emotionally submit to people. Yeah, that's the difference. It's the emotional. Um, Why, this you part. let go, well, I'm saying you let go completely with me. You have since day one. Yeah, and it was just that the trust that we built with the communications is just authentic and I... I honestly feel like I can just be myself and I know that it'll turn out okay um it's the end that's not the case most with most people I just don't feel like I can let my guard down so when I when I met you and I had that feeling that that 
securities. It's a, it's a big deal. Okay. So, how would you define then the qualities to make up a good dom? I mean, is it hard to put into words? Is it just a feeling? Well, you, there's a difference between being somebody who tops and being a dominant. Like for, the, for sure. For the first, you know, like they, the person that you're looking at has to have kink skills that you're interested in. That that makes them a good top. If they're if they have the skills and then the competence to do what you're looking for. And then, you know, like, there's just something that is different because, like, uh, like the way that you treat me. Like, you know parts of me that I don't, ha I don't even have to tell you when I'm feeling a certain way. And you can respond to those things. Like, you've learned me and my body language and things like that. Like, that's not something that you can really teach somebody to do it's it's a skill that you acquire over time and and that's a really big quality i, I do i think that's important is that anybody can take on a dominant role in the bedroom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not i mean two submissives one of them agrees to top and they go okay well all right and are you going to construct a scene too sure well then you're taking on a dominant role right like anybody can do that as far as a role play, but to but to exist in that space all the time, mm -hmm. I think it would be harder. I mean, I don't have that same experience that you do, because I'm not having intimate relationships with other doms, especially male doms. Mm -hmm. So I only have all I only have what I pick up from from conversations. Um, a lot of it complaints <laughs> about what it's like but yeah. I, I, I just remember telling you when I, we first met that I don't get upset during traffic yeah I said if you want to sum up me in a, in a nutshell I don't need to control the way other people drive mm -hmm. and then I think it's weird when people do but that was a metaphor for life that's I don't have to be in control over anything Except a couple specific things that I know will lead to us winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the qualities to make up a good dom, I think it's hard to define in, in words. Just If you listen to this podcast, you'll maybe hear some ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, are you... The next question was, like, are you, he asked if he was a dom. How to know. How to know. If, yeah. This is really simple i think this is actually pretty easy okay and i may <laughs> i may i may get it totally wrong but we'll separate the bedroom versus the relationship mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the bedroom it's really simple and this was a he so i'll, I'll speak to him mm -hmm. when you're being dominant is your dick hard okay i mean Again, none of that means. Does it turn you on? Does it turn yeah. you on? Mm -hmm. Does it turn you on more to be in control of the situation or have the other person in control? Mm -hmm. Which one turn? Which one are you masturbating to thinking about? 
what type of porn are you watching when you have a choice between all types of porn? Yeah. Which types of relationships in the past have been satisfying for you sexually? Mm-hmm. You can you can be a, a dominant person and have been in a submissive role in a relationship and still had good sex with the person because they were attractive or because you're simply a horny person or because you were fantasizing. It, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy that other role. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of the, I'm, I think I'm on the outside when I say this, but I, some people think that switches aren't real. You just haven't figured out what you are yet. And this is up for debate. But a lot of people say that, I, I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I think you could be one, you could be both. Mm-hmm. You, you can switch. But, well, you could be 50-50 or you can lean more a certain way. But ultimately, most of the time, all things being equal, what would you choose? When you see a woman, you go out on a date and you picture yourself having sex with her. What are you picturing? Mm-hmm. That tells you what you are. Yeah. And... If it doesn't, experimenting with both things... You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. There are... By the way, there's lots of people who... Like, we know a woman um, who's uh, a professional dominatrix, but in her personal life, she's also a dom, and she was a sub for a long time. And she didn't even know that she could be in that other role until she experimented with it much later and then went, Oh. Mm -hmm. That's who I am I, I enjoyed the other thing it's still sex mm-hmm. but then afterwards that's where she, she went full circle and, and it confused people around her and some people had a problem with it how can you just switch like that well she learned something about herself but had she experimented early she might have figured it out early mm-hmm. and I kind of did it from the other way like I in effort to try and introduce kink into a previous relationship did a lot of control and topping and I hated it. I I knew the whole time that that wasn't who I was. And it it wasn't fun for me. It, it wasn't it was still better than not having any kink in my life, but it was not satisfying because it was just work for me. Right. Exactly. And I've I was speaking of myself where mm. I I mean, you've never seen a submissive side of me in the bedroom, have you? No. Right? Like, I, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. But I've been in relationships where that was the only way the kinky sex happened. It was going to be vanilla sex or I was going to be in the submissive role. And I chose kinky sex over vanilla sex. Mm-hmm. And wasn't unhappy. Like, it, just, it wasn't who I am. But, I mean, it wasn't ultimately miserable. I have a question about that. Were you introducing the kink and they were doing what you were telling them to do? No. No, it was not that. It was... It wasn't that I wanted to be submissive. It's that they, when we started exploring different role plays, Mm -hmm. they got excited over the fact that they got to be in control, mm-hmm. and so I let them. They're like, oh, I want to tie you up. Sure. Okay. And we would do it to them, and, and they wouldn't really enjoy it because they were dominant. Hmm. Not extreme, right. but they, that's who they were. And so to me, when they if they tied me up, I would, you know, and I've never been into pain or any, you know, mm-hmm. any real humiliation or anything. It was more just they wanted access to my body to do what they wanted. Mm-hmm. 
And then the sex goes fairly vanilla after that. It was, I'm tied up. Cool, I can just use your cock to have a blast with. Mm -hmm. But it was kinkier than the other type, which was just vanilla sex. Yeah. And, And also partially because since that was... They figured out that's who their roles, that's what their roles were, that they were turned on more and more aroused and more energetic and excited and more orgasmic and more verbal. Okay. So it just it just elevated the level of sex. Mm-hmm. And this is when I would get into a relationship and it would be because the, the woman was hot. <laughs> and then it turned out she was nice and had a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, did the body I liked and then you put all these things together and I'm like... Oh, I could, I could live without certain things being in a certain way because look at this person on my arm, mm-hmm. and they were always nice people mm-hmm. whose company I, I enjoyed and who I respected, and they were intelligent. And so they checked all the other boxes, and I let this one part go before I realized I will never do that again. Um, but that's it. I mean, the bedroom is real simple. Which one turns you on more? Mm-hmm. Experiment with both. Fantasize with both. If you've always watched one type of porn, try watching the other one. Worst that happens. It does nothing for you, but you may be surprised. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're dominant outside the bedroom. As a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, whether you're dominant outside the bedroom, in that part of the relationship, I think that's also really easy. Because I think so much of this comes down to how shitty cortisol feels. Mm. The stress hormone. Like, what stresses you out if you are trying to balance the family budget or I'm sorry you have a family budget that needs to be balanced are you more stressed out by wondering where the money's going and and you'll feel less stress if you could actually see the numbers and, and help manipulate them and write down the budget like does that make you less stressed to have that control? Or does it make you less stressed to be like, you know what, I don't even want to know. We're fine, right? Rents do, okay, good. I don't even want to know about it. Mm-hmm. Which one of those makes you feel less stressed? Mm-hmm. And if one of them makes you feel less stressed, then that's an indication that you are dominant in that specific scenario. Now, that doesn't mean you are a dominant in, all, in other areas. But in that one area, you are. Do you, do you feel less stressed by letting go or being in control? Mm-hmm. And as much as being dominant in the bedroom is about the pleasure you get from being dominant, I think being dominant in the rest of life has is as much about the reduction of stress or the reduction of pain or anxiety mm-hmm. as much as anything. Because being dominant over the uh, wanting to be in control over money and doing the family budget probably wouldn't nobody would call that pleasurable it's not a pleasurable thing you just did right. by balancing the books it just it gives you less stress cause not except maybe pleasure is pride that you got it right and well sure yeah. I, I yeah I guess I'm generalizing but I think it's it's that's it, it, yes you get those things but I think mm-hmm. as an indication yeah which are those things and then what about other areas of your life what about the sex? What about what your partner wears? Mm-hmm. What you know? Do you <laughs> does it stress you out when your partner wants you to help them choose what to wear, or does it stress you out wondering if they're going to wear something that's going to embarrass you? 
Mm-hmm. Which one of those stresses you out? Which one? And it, and it, it's very possible that it's neither. That mm-hmm. neither stresses you out, or they both do. Mm-hmm. And then you're that doesn't be an indication. But then when you look at the big picture and you step back, do you, do you want to be in control over more things, ultimately, or like does that give you less stress and make you happier, or does letting go of things give you less stress and make you happier? And if you like to let go, then you are more submissive. You don't want to deal with that. You don't want to have to make that decision. You don't want to have to. It's exhausting to be in control. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Would you I mean, Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I do. And then you just have to look at the big picture. So for me, there, I don't want to be, well, there's many things I don't want to be in control over or you be in control over. They're just neutral. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I want to be in control over, but there's some things that I don't want to control that I want you to be in control of. But there's far more that I want to be in control over, right? Right. Like, like I don't give two shits about money. We talk about this all the time. I don't care about money. Mm-hmm. I love it that you're in charge of money. I just I make money and just send it to your account, and you <laughs> man, you manage it. And somebody on the outside might think that you are the pants in this family, and you're the boss lady, and. Like you're in, like that's would be the perception they would get. Yeah. But it's not. It's that I get stressed out over money. I love making money. Making money's easy. Mm-hmm. I get stressed out over spending it. <laughs> so if I can let that part go. Yeah. And you are are good at that, and you've taken taken that responsibility on. Everything gets paid. Perfect. Don't gotta worry about it. But that's less common than the things. I am in control of her. So that's how you can tell. And they're independent. They, the the sexual bedroom part is independent from the real life part. And even the real life part, you can have different parts of your, the real world that are independent from others. Just because you're the dom in the relationship does not mean you have to be in control over every single aspect. Mm -hmm. You negotiate these various things (laughs) and more than likely you have a partner or potential partner who has skill sets, things that they're good at or things that they enjoy that compliment you. you they compliment you mm-hmm. like any other relationship and you would be, that would almost be controlling if you had to be in charge of every single thing. Right. Being able to let go of those things is not being controlling or domineering. And, but if you're the dom, you have to, and you're in, you're in control of this relationship, then you have to be wise enough to see those things in your partner and see those things in yourself mm-hmm. well done manny what do you think i was i close it's hard off the cuff isn't yeah, it yeah i think you did well if you still think we have further to dig into this feel free to send follow-up questions to manny or send any questions send to, us to either any, of us absolutely we love hearing from our Listeners, and it's easy content for us because <laughs> if someone asks a question, then we don't have to come up with a topic. So reach out to us. All of our social media contacts are on kinkbuffet.com or send us an email at kinkbuffet at gmail.com. Until next time, bye. <laughs>